everybody, and welcome to the Macabre Podcast Universe. It's the podcast that exists to prove people wrong when they say sequels are never better than the originals. And here we are, we're going back to our namesake for the first time since since we started this podcast, really. Kind of, no, that doesn't make any sense. What I'm trying to say is we're back in the MCU this week. Mm-hmm. Last week we talked about Justice League. Uh, next week we're talking about... Are you trying to say this Aquaman? is the first time we've had to interrupt our regularly scheduled program? I this said that is, like a four-year-old. Yes. yes, this is the first time. Because the plan has always been, when we cover a series, we then cover that series in perpetuity. Uh-huh. And whenever one comes out, it comes out in theaters, and then the next week, you can go straight for your app, your iPod app, iPod app. <laughs> wow, you're old. And you can listen to our episode and our thoughts on the new entry in the franchise. And so here we are. We I've been waiting for this for so long. Mm-hmm. I know you have too. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about July 9th, Black 2021's Widow. Black movie, Widow. We're Black talking Widow. about Black Widow. Black Widow. Micah and likes a good long preamble. I love a preamble. I'm like the first part of the Constitution, baby. Um, now, one thing I thought... If you agree, we should do this. Is we can kind of go through the production of the movie and like a sample of our thoughts that are spoiler free, and then okay. we can do a hard like okay spoilers from here on out. Okay. So that if anyone wants to listen to it, you can listen to it until we say, okay, now it's all spoilers. You think that's a good idea? Yep. Okay. So this movie came out. We did not. We weren't able to see it over the weekend because I had a show. But we saw it yesterday, which was Monday, and we went with Trevin and Alicia, who I hadn't seen in three years, mm-hmm. friends of ours, and um, we sat down, we watched the movie, we have some thoughts about it, some good, maybe some bad, I don't know, we'll see. And uh, This is spoiler-free, Micah. Well, yeah, but we're going to still talk about maybe our opinions, because okay. if someone was like, hey, I want to know what you thought, I want to know if I should go to the theaters. Yeah. By the end of this, or spend know. thirty bucks, yeah, on Disney Plus. Yeah, so um, that's when we saw it yesterday, and that's our story of seeing the movie. So, um, how should we how should we dive into this? Do you well, you wanna... said you're going to do production. Yeah. So, do you want to do that before talking about it a little bit? <laughs> you said, do you want to do production first, and then we talk about our thoughts, spoiler free, and then we dive into it. That makes sense. That's what you said. That is what I said. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm just waiting. So the movie's directed by Kate Shortland, who is an Australian, and she has done Berlin Syndrome, Lore, and Somersault. Lore the show? No. Oh, okay. A movie. Uh, The screenplay is by Eric Pearson, who did Godzilla v. Kong, uh, Thor Ragnarok, and some of the Agent Carter TV show. Oh, blockbusters. Bread and butter for him. Yeah. Uh, the story is by Jack Schaefer, and she is the creator of WandaVision. Cool. So that makes sense. But she also wrote um, the most cursed thing in the world, Olaf's Frozen Adventure. Oh, yeah. Which, if it is what I'm thinking it is, that was the 23-minute short that was in front of Coco. It was an episode of TV. And it was so long that I... hour, 40-minute movie. Yeah. And I was like, I want to leave the theater. Yeah. I don't even want to see Coco anymore. That's how bad it was. Yeah. And then he saw Coco and we all cried. Yeah. 
And it also, remember, like, weeks later, they pulled it from theaters. Because I know. Pe- enough I know. people were complaining. Well, it's so long that I'm sure people were even like, okay, I know this is Disney too, but, like, are they showing the wrong movie? Yeah. It was that long. It really was. And and I also heard, like, they were losing out on, like, three or four showtimes a day yeah. in every theater. Yeah. <laughs> That's so dumb. Um, Have you heard of the new Disney Studios movie that's coming out in november oh um uh canto in canto in canto i've heard of it it looks good but i haven't watched a trailer yet and the pictures look awesome cool i've i've had it on my watch list for a really long time waiting for it, it to come out takes place in columbia and i saw a tribute it's the first disney princess with glasses oh fun that's cool yeah you and i both wear glasses sometimes <laughs> yeah that means we can both be princesses yep uh, the other story by credit is Ned Benson, who he did. Do you remember this? The disappearance of Eleanor Rigby movies. What is that? So it's James McAvoy and Jessica Chastain, and they're three yeah. movies. And it's like I've never seen it, but I've seen it. Yeah, it's like disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, him disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, her, and then disappearance of Reg- Eleanor Rigby, them. So it's yeah, like so it's like different, different perspectives. perspectives. I've always wanted to watch it, but I always feel like. I don't know a single person who's seen it though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That maybe they're like secret masterpieces, but I also feel like they're Maybe they're like a before. Yeah. trilogy. Uh, hey, maybe we could cover it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's a trilogy. Yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> um the cinematography is by Gabriel Beristain, who has done Blade Trinity, Blade 2, The Shaggy Dog. There's a new MacGyver show, which I did not know huh. that. And that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of Agent Carter, and he also did the Dolores Claiborne movie, Stephen King story. Cool. With Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates, yeah. And um can't remember his name, but the guy who's in Nomadland that she kind of has some feelings toward. Oh, and... I, uh, something Shepard? No. Uh, no, I, I don't like think so. he's got a shepherd in his name. Uh, well, he does look kind of like a dog, so. I know who you're talking about, though. Yeah. Uh, and then the music is by Lauren Balf, mm-hmm. who... Um, I didn't even like do much on him because he did the score for Mission Impossible Fallout, which is one of my favorite scores, and I even wrote an article on, um, oh crap, why it's so important to the franchise. Yes, yeah, and uh, there's a yeah. Just look up Micah McCaw Mission Impossible if you want to read. Well, that. what's where did you where did it come out? I'm I am having a brain <laughs> fart right now, but it's like a last last action movies or something like that. Okay. Um, ult- hey. ultimateactionmovies.com okay, ultimateactionmovies.com cool. that's what it is um, so this movie comes out July 9th 2021 it has a budget of 200 million and now if you're listening to this in the future you're gonna think like what's what what's going on here the movie was slated to come out last May 2021 I mean 2020 COVID-19 happens they have to keep pushing it they have to keep pushing it and Disney's done a few experiments with their like yeah. premium video on demand stuff with Mulan and Ryan the Last Dragon and Cruella. Now this one, they have a smashing success, in my opinion. When you look at it as uh, uh, a secondary Marvel character, and you look at it like um, box office and premium on demand, because they they got about. Uh, 80 million in domestic theatrical okay. this weekend, um, 78 in international, and then all over the whole world they got around 60 million in Disney Plus. Okay, 
And if you don't know, Disney Plus has it for $30. Yeah. Um, so that's a projected $215 million opening. Pretty crazy. So, yeah. Um, I think a lot of people were hoping that it was going to be like the first pandemic movie to breach 100 million oh, like well, like box M. office movie hasn't come out yet that does have a chance that could be yeah. that could be the one but that could also be like the second weekend is way bigger than the first true, weekend. true. Oh, because of word of mouth yeah yeah um but yeah so i think this is a it's a good sign that theaters are like coming back mm-hmm. it's also a good sign that like it seems like the audiences who are going to go to the theaters and the audiences who are going to watch them at home are not the same audience. Yeah. So it doesn't seem like they're actually eating that. There's there's a lot of people that are like sounding the alarms like this is, you know, again, they're saying end of theatrical, but 80 million. Yeah. Is, I think that's really good. I mean, if this was like Captain America with Chris Evans and it made 80 million, I think that would be like, uh-oh. Yeah. But this is a a B character. Yeah. The dead <laughs> silence just signals I agree. Yeah. So um and 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 if you compare it, and this is compared to non-pandemic movies, this movie is still domestically above the openings of Hulk, Ant-Man, Captain America 1, Thor, and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. And it's just below Doctor Strange. So it's certainly not a bomb. Nope. Um now, do you want to hit any actors before I do some of the production? Yeah. Um, so first up, well, we've covered Scarlett Johansson, of course. Um, but a newcomer to this franchise, Florence Pugh, plays Yelena Belova. Uh, her sister, not sister, whatever. Um, maybe that was a spoiler. No, that's no, not a spoiler. That, I mean, in the trailers, they talk about family and stuff. So. Sure. Um, Florence Pugh, if you're not always already on the Pugh train, she is in Midsommar, Little Women. Um, she plays Amy. That's her name. Remember, we couldn't remember who she played. Oh, yes. Um, she's also in The Falling, Marcella, Lady Macbeth, The Commuter. She is blowing up right now, people. Yeah. Mid- Midsommar is her, like, critical break. Mm-hmm. And then I think Little Women, she got a, an Oscar nomination. She did, yeah. So that's kind of like, and this movie I think is like, okay, she is arrived. Yes, I think so too. Yeah, um, that's how it really feels. And I love her, and I think it is. It was funny because Trevin, once we finished the movie, Trevin turned and he said, he said, I like Scarlett Johansson and everything, and I think she's great as Black Widow. But is Florence Pugh just that good that she kind of made Scarlett look a little bad? And I don't necessarily yeah. agree I with that. I think she stole the show. But she did steal the show. Yeah. Like, she was she was on another caliber than any other actor in this movie. Yeah. But Scarlett was still, like... Scarlett was great. She was awesome. Yeah, she was so good. Florence, though, man, I'm glad she's so young. <laughs> I know. We have a long, storied career for her. Um, And then also David Harbour plays Alexi. Um, he is in, you probably know, Stranger Things. He plays... Yep. Uh, the dad, <laughs> the detective, Jim Hopper, Hopper. Yeah. Um, he's also in Hellboy, Revolutionary Road. Okay, I already forgot. He's in Suicide Squad. Yeah, he's at the meeting when they're eating the steak. Did I talk cheese. about him? Maybe I said let's save him. I don't I think we're talking you about. Did him. talk about him actually? Well, but you guys, sorry. Let's talk about David Harbor for a second. Okay, 
He was not tired. Exactly. You and I, before this movie were coming out, we were saying, I I hope that he's good because I like David Harbour, but when he is not locked in, he looks like he is bored, Mm -hmm. and like the minute they call cut, he's going to like run off because he has something better to do. If you want a good laugh, Google or YouTube his promo, like talking heads in promotion of Hellboy. It is wild how much that guy doesn't give an F about it, that it movie. It looks like there is a gun just out of frame. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Crazy. He yeah, and the movie did not do well. <laughs> he's like he's like we really hope that you'll come and see Hellboy in the theaters. It's quite the theatrical experience and it was so much fun to make, I guess. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he He was really good. Was great in this movie. He was. He was hilarious. Yeah. Um, I, I, I know we, we've talked about the Russian accent before on, on this, but I thought his Russian accent was really fun. Mm -hmm. And I thought he, all of his stuff with his character, like wanting to relive the glory days is always fun when an actor is that hung up on Captain America. I like it. Um, yeah. Yeah. All around the Russian accents were better than they have been. I do think what this movie did really good is there was so much moving around and there was a lot of. I wouldn't even call it retconning because I don't think they like changed uh, Black Widow's history. No, but they expanded upon it. Yeah, and I think they did it in a way where it's very—it's easy for me now to be like, yeah, okay, she's yeah, they're they're like spies. They can have whatever accent they want. She's by now in her life spent more time in America, so she has that accent. Florence yeah. Pugh's been hanging out in like Europe this whole time, and so she kept that accent. Like to me, that I'm like, fine, I, that's great for me. And then we have Rachel Weisz. Um, who is in uh, the mummy, the fountain, the lobster, a lot of thes. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot that she's in the lobster. Yeah, she's good in that. Yeah, you've not seen the fountain man. No, that movie from the one time I've seen it was good. Just um, any anything like sweeping like that. That's like this takes course over a thousand years or a hundred years. It's really hard for me to. Oh, like, I just remember it being on. so good. And it's an Aronofsky film. Which, yeah, your favorite director. Well, isn't that kind of saying something? Although I haven't seen it since I've soured on him. Yeah. Um, that is Rachel Wise, essentially. Oh, she's also in The Favorite. Okay. Another The. She's only in The's. She's and also Black in Widow. The Mercy. The Light Between Oceans. Ah. The Bourne Legacy. <laughs> the that's, Whistleblower. That's, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> Should I focus on other... Oh, I also wanted to get, mention... Get Ray Winstone. Huh? You got to get Ray Winstone. Well, I was also going to get O.T. Fag- Fagbenel. Yes. Um, I thought his performance was quite charming. I was just going to say charming. I yeah, really I liked him. He was great. Um, he's in The Handmaid's Tale. He's in Max. The dog uh, movie? The Five, The Interceptor, Interceptor looking nonstop. It's the dog movie. It's Ma- oh, Max. Max. No, it's not a dog movie. It's a sitcom. Okay. Um, and then to finish it off, Ray Winstone, who plays Drekov. So he's a person you know? Yeah. Because I didn't recognize him. So he's in The Departed. Huh? Who's he in The Departed? I don't know. It was like I Mr. recognized. French. Here, here, I have to admit, and someone, someone listening, yeah. probably Mike Combs, is going to be like, Mike, how dare you? But... I saw the credits and it said and Ray Winstone or whatever. Yeah. 
And I was like, oh, he's in this. And I thought of a completely different actor. And the whole movie went by. And then today oh. I was like, who was Dracoff? And I looked him up and I'm like, oh, that's Ray Winstone. Well, he looks a lot different than the than even his. So his IMDb picture looks like that. Oh, so it was who I was. I think he's also just older. When I watched the movie, I was like, I don't see who that is. But I also kind of forgot. Mm -hmm. And he shows up a little later. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, I didn't know. Okay, cool. So he's also in. Um, <laughs> like, shut up, shut up. I don't <laughs> <No>. care. <laughs> he's also in Beowulf, Cold Mountain, Cats. Yes, Cats. Uh, the Queen's Whoa. Corgi. Yes, the Queen's Corgi. Cats and dogs. Ice, Space for You, Jawbone, blah, blah, blah. All right, so does that wrap up yes. the actors? Okay. So now let me tell you about how the movie was made. What? What? Man, this is crazy. I just got to say this one thing. So the person who plays young Scarlet, young Natasha. Yeah. Uh, when the, when, during the movie, I was just like, man, she'd make a, a great young Mia Jovovich. And she plays, she is known as, she is an actress known for Resident Evil, the final chapter. Wow. So Hollywood already figured it out. I thought it was kind of insane, the young Florence Pugh, how much she looked like Florence Pugh. I, yeah, it was funny because of the, it doesn't, and let me just make this clear, it doesn't matter to me usually when kids don't look anything like the older person. Yeah. Like not even a I little bit. I don't care it's, about that usually. It doesn't even matter. But it was just like, this kid looks not even a smidge like Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. It's funny. But yeah, I thought that girl looked like Florence Pugh. Yeah. It was sort of insane how much she looked like her. Yeah. Um, do you like, she had the exact same nose. I think that's what like oh, okay. made it, made it hit the ball home as they say in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here is the backstory on this movie in February of 2004, four years before there would be the kickoff to the MCU Lionsgate gets the rights to make a black widow movie and they will make the movie with Avi Alred, who is a Sony guy producing directed by David Hayter who that would have been his directorial debut, and he's a big voice actor oh, in video games, TV, and movies. And this is what that movie would have been. This is a quote from David Hayter. What I tried to do was use the backdrop of the splintered Soviet empire, a lawless, insane asylum with 400-some-odd nuclear missile silos. It was all about loose nukes, and I felt it was very timely and very cool. Unfortunately... As I was coming up on the final draft, a number of female vigilante movies came out. Mm. We had Tomb Raider and Kill Bill, which were the ones that worked, but then we had Blood Rain and Ultraviolet and Aeon Flux. Aeon Flux didn't open well, and three days after it opened, the studio said, we don't think it's time to do this movie. Oh, man. So that's why... Poor the, guy. <laughs> the project was dropped in yeah. 2006. Yeah. Um, and then as early as 2010 which is the year Iron Man 2 came out, Feige is like, I think we should do a solo movie. Iron Man 2 is the premiere of Black Widow, so he's like, yeah. this is cool. And then after Age of Ultron comes out, they adjust Scarlett Johansson's contract so that she has to be in more movies. Okay. Um, and so that would... She sold her soul. <laughs> um, and then... Nicole, I know I'm throwing a ton of names at you, but Nicole Perlman, who is the person who wrote Guardians of the Galaxy, yep. but according to James Gunn, like he pretty much threw out the whole draft, yes. but she still has a story credit on it. Um, she wrote a draft of Black Widow, and that's in 2014. 
So we're getting closer. And then Johansson, or they, they're looking for directors, and they meet with Chloe Zhao. Nice. Who will go on to uh, direct The Eternals coming out this November. Or I think it's just Eternals. Um, and out of all the directors they had, Johansson wanted to hire Kate Shortland. Cool. Um, and then this time around, uh, Scarlett gets $15 million on her paycheck. And oh. now this is, we don't know these things for sure. It's a lot of like Hollywood rumor stuff. But like Chris Hemsworth, uh, all these, uh, you know, Chris Evans, they're getting paid like $15 million every time they're in a movie. Yep. And the women in a lot of these are not getting paid nearly that amount. Yeah. So the fact that Scarlett was able to get like as much as a male lead in a Marvel movie is like, that's a win. Yeah. <laughs> that's a win. Um, and she is the first Avenger to have an executive producer credit on a movie. Wow, really? Because she pr- executive produced yeah. this movie. And then... She wanted the film to, quote, comment on this incredible movement of women supporting other women and coming through these shared experiences of trauma on the other side by really coming forward and supporting one another. Accomplished. This movie's kind of a little bit of response to, like, the Me Too movement. Yeah. According to Johansson. Yeah. Um, Feige likened the film to the TV shows Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. Why? Because he was like, what I like about Better Call Saul is you can watch it without watching Breaking Bad, but if you've seen Breaking Bad, it enhances Breaking Bad. Okay. So, and that's smart. that's how he means it, that's true. That's how he means it. I don't think he means it in any other way, but, um, because that's one of my biggest things about why Breaking Better Call Saul works so well Mm -hmm. is they don't try to do the Hobbit thing where they go, hey, let's try and build up to Lord of the Rings. They just say, let's tell this story, story of this lawyer. Yes. And that's why the show is as good as Breaking Bad. Yep. Because they're not trying to be like, uh, have you heard of blue meth? Or I, I don't know. They're not doing like yeah. callbacks that don't make any sense. Um, And it was originally reported that Tony Stark was supposed to be in this movie. Wow. Which would have been weird because I think it would be a bummer to have Robert Downey Jr. in any more of these. Yeah. It would kind of take away from yeah. his death. I wonder if that was an early rumor. Well, I think I think they had some footage, and then ultimately Kate Shortland and Kevin Feige were like, this would be so distracting mm-hmm. if he was in the movie, mm-hmm. and it needs to be about Natasha. Mm-hmm. So good for them. And then um, originally the trailers, f- the old trailers had a bunch of shots of her in her black suit, but then the movie gets delayed over a year, and so they're like, how do we make it so it doesn't just seem like we're doing the same marketing campaign? Luckily, she's in a white suit for a lot of the movie, and they focus on that, which I just think is smart. It's like a subtle change yeah. that I didn't even notice. Yeah. And now that they mention it, it's like, yeah, it did seem like kind of fresh when the other trailer came out and all the posters, mm-hmm. she was in a white suit this time. So, mm-hmm. And then there's one more, but I'm going to save it for the uh, spoiler section of the podcast. Um, so... What did you think of this movie? We're still in no spoilers. I thought it was good. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I it, it it's not like I don't know. It's not up with the the really good ones, but it's definitely not a bad movie. Um, 
if it, I don't know, it, it was, I don't want to say too much about why I thought it was good yeah. without saying too much. Well, okay, then I'll, I'll, I'll expand. I think if you are a Marvel fan and you feel comfortable going to the theaters, go see it in theaters. Yeah. If you're not a Marvel fan, this might not be the movie that gets you into it. But if you're not a Marvel fan and you want to watch a Marvel movie that you don't have to watch 15 other ones to watch, that's this is also one for you. What One of the biggest praises that I have for this movie is you could literally go into this cold. Yep. And I think you would get just as much out of it. Yeah. Because all the talk of the Avengers and Sokovia Accords, I mean, it adds to it, but it's also like the same stuff you hear in a normal spy movie. Mm -hmm. So it didn't feel like, oh man, if you don't know about that, like if you don't know about the Sokovia Accords, you're going to be so lost It's just lost setting in the time movie. that this takes place in. That's it. So it's it's very contained as a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it's like it doesn't leave room for like, don't worry, there's going to be Black Widow 2 and stuff like that. So yeah. I think that was kind of almost like miraculous to me that Marvel was like, no, this is like its story. I thought we were going to get another character at some point. And what what do you mean by that? Like a cameo. Oh, yeah. And I love that they didn't do that. Same here. And um, so, yeah, it's very self-contained. And if that's... So, in a way, you could jump into this one. This might yeah. actually be a good movie to jump into. I um, mean, if, if you like, you know, espionage thrillers, you will probably like this movie. Yeah. And I, I think the action in this movie is is at least in the top, like, five or six Marvel movies. Like, I think the action was really good. It's better than a lot of them. I was a little bummed, though, because I think because it is a straight up spy thriller, I was expecting a little bit more. But yeah. maybe that's the more that we get is what, you know, it was better than a lot of them. Well, and and I, I thought about that, too, because I, I right now I feel like the modern gold standard is. I'm not expecting it to be a John Wick movie. Yes. No, I know. But so I'm comparing it to that. And I'm like, yeah, but um, to, just to my personal opinion, it was like this is like below john wick but it might have been like a choice to not yeah make the shots yeah. as long right and um yeah. it could have been too violent if you did that it could have definitely been so but yeah i think i think the movie actually skirts the line between like uh a born movie and uh and a john wick it's like right in the middle okay. because they're not cutting every you no. know fraction of a second yeah and there's some really cool shots and action set pieces but there is some stuff where you're like yeah i kind of know what's happening or yeah. like there there was one thing in particular which i'll get into later that i was like confused about the geography of the action uh -huh. in one scene but other than that i mean i think the action i thought the action was way better than winter soldier i know people any of them are like better than that one that's like the gold standard people always talk about though because the movie I like remember us specifically not caring for it yeah i know because there were like a million cuts yeah, I so here's what I will say. Jordan and I are not as high on Winter Soldier as other people, but I think it's better than Winter Soldier. Yeah. Although it doesn't have Robert Redford in it. <laughs> yeah. And that's going to be a hit against any movie that doesn't have Robert Redford in it. But yeah, um, Winter Soldier, bummer to rewatch. Yeah. I wonder if I'll watch it again if I'm like, no, it is pretty good. I think it's a good movie, but it's just like, I think it's been given too much credit. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's like the, the idea and the premise is so good. It's so good, especially for a Captain America movie, but it is a slog fest. It's just, I, I think it's as simple as this. It's just an ugly movie. It is. If it wasn't ugly, I don't think I'd have any issues with it. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it just doesn't look very good. And I do get that the action in that movie is, it's kind of cool, but it, I wish it was like 20% cooler. And this action in this movie like really works. Mm -hmm. The other positive I will say about Black Widow is there's a little bit of super people. Uh, yeah. But it was cool to have a story about a lot of the characters oh, just saying. being spies. Okay. There, there was... I thought you were in reference to, there were a couple of car wrecks that I don't think a seatbelt would save you. Oh, no. And it's There's like, a you're of those. not a super natural being. Yeah, you're dead. I'm yeah. sorry, but you're dead. <laughs> there was a car explosion and two people walked out with their lives. Yeah. There two of two. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, there was that. But there, there was an element to this movie. And of course, this isn't a spoiler because this movie takes place in between Civil War and Infinity War. Uh-huh. But there were there were a few moments where I felt like, oh, Natasha's actually in danger. Whereas a lot of yeah, times, yeah. if I'm watching, you know, like Iron Man or something, it's like, well, he's He'll he's Iron it out. Man. It's not like, a, it's not about uh, brawn. It's about brains. Yeah, you know? or um, yeah, or like Thor or something. It's like, well, Thor's not gonna die, and of yeah. course, I know Black Widow's not going to. But it, it's there there felt like there was some actual danger in the movie yeah, and well, i really liked definite that definite moments of like oh she's not strong enough to handle that yeah physically yeah yeah um so yeah i i i put it i definitely i was looking through my rankings and i put it above like 10 other marvel movies so it's like right in the middle of the pack yeah so if that sounds interesting to you definitely go see it if it doesn't then just keep listening to our episode come on and now we're going to cut, and it'll be spoilers. How does that sound? Great. So what's your last production note? Oh, yes. I'm glad you remembered. Um, so the next... Uh, Disney Plus TV show is Hawkeye. Okay. And Florence Pugh is going to be in it. Nice. Cool. So what's what was cool about the ending of this, like the, <laughs> we're going to talk about the ending credit the scene. The post-credit scene. But we see Florence Pugh at Natasha's grave. Mm -hmm. And then um, Julia Louise Dreyfus comes up and she's like, wouldn't you like to uh, take care of the guy who forced her, her to die? You yeah. know? Um, kind of manipulating what we know really happened at the Soulstone place. Yeah. But Jeremy Red or Blackhawk was a bad guy. Yeah. Once. Oh, it totally yeah, makes sense. Once the, uh, I almost said obliviate, which is Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> but people were obliviated. Yeah. The blip. That's what it's called. Yeah. Um, so. I think that's a really cool development, and it's cool because um, I'm forgetting her name, but um, I believe the Hawkeye show is like he's training this other young Hawkeye. Oh, interesting. Um, who's played by the girl who was in Bumblebee, Haley something. I don't know who that what her name is. Oh, okay. Um, but I know who you're talking. She's in Edge of Seventeen. 
Yeah. Yeah. Who I think is like unbelievable. I don't, have I actually seen her in anything? Well, we she, still have not seen that movie. She's in a uh, uh, True Grit. I've the, not seen that movie. Oh, she, oh, she's so good in True Grit. It's okay. crazy. Um, but yeah, so that se- Edge of Seventeen trailer looked good. I know. She I need to good. watch that movie. I know. But but I believe the 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 plot is like he's training her, and then it sounds like. F- I mean, Florence Pugh is probably going to show up and then... Duke it out. Duke it out. Maybe even kill Hawkeye or something. I don't know. Hmm. And then she takes the mantle. Whatever it is, their shows have been knocking it out of the park. I'm excited. And this was supposed to be Julia Louise Dreyfus's like premiere because this movie was to come out in May. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. And they filmed all this before Winter Soldier. Or, yeah. Yeah. So this was like... It was... So the... Because of the scheduling stuff. So we were supposed to get this post-credit scene of like, holy crap, she's in this now. Yeah. And then you're just like, what is going on? And then you watch a TV show about characters and you're like, holy crap, she's, she's in, in this. this now. Yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, I, I just thought that that was cool. Yeah. And um, it it's just great because the way this movie ends, it just makes you go like, I want Florence Pugh in all the Avengers movies. I want her to show up like all the time. And yeah, she's great. I think she probably will. And I mean, come on, it'll probably be an eight episode season of TV. Let's hope she's in every episode. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. And uh, okay, so now the movie begins. Um, we have we're in 1995, and we have we're in Ohio, and we see young Natasha and young what is her name? Yelena. Yelena. They're kids in the suburbs of America, and they seem to be really loving life. And her parent, their parents are Alexi and Melina. Great job on remembering the names. They say their names a lot in this movie. Um, so, yeah, they're just living the American dream, seemingly. Mm-hmm. And um, but pretty quickly, so David Harbour, Alexi, comes home and he's like, "We get to take, we finally get to take that big trip. Let's go." And they leave, and they can't take anything with them. Now, I'm sorry, I gotta pause you here. Um, the way that the beginning of this movie was shot, it's it's kind of got like an indie movie feel a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it was just strange. And I don't mean strange in a bad way. It was just like super interesting to me just how this movie was beginning. It was weirdly felt like a, a tiny bit slow of a beginning. Yeah. As like, you know, we haven't seen one of these movies in two years yeah. in theaters. And it's like, their their triumphant return is not like an epic battle or whatever. It's like these two little kids. Yeah. And they're hanging out and there's like this family. Which is like, I understand what you're saying, but it is like this was never supposed to come out. <laughs> right. This was supposed to be like this time. a little cherry on top yeah. in a way. But um, I, I thought, I thought, um, you know, I think we can sometimes give Marvel too much credit when they do anything outside of the box. Yeah. But I, I did feel like this movie did take a lot of like uh, risks. I use quotes because it's like it's not it wasn't that risky. Yeah. But like starting it this way, um, you know, some of the action and some of the story beats were like, oh, that's like sort of refreshing. And and yeah, that's true. And even though, you know, it could have even been crazier, it's like, hey, if they're gonna keep on even just pushing their formula and just a little bit then the movie stay fresh. What's interesting too, it it does make sense to start this movie this way because the whole time with Black Widow through this franchise is we don't know anything about her. Yeah. 
And that's the whole point about her is that she basically doesn't have a past because she's erased it. Yeah. So to start it with her as a kid, it's like, oh, man, I never thought I'd get to see Natasha as a kid. Yeah. So they have to flee because the the cops are after them because they are Russian spies. And they've been living in America for like three years doing Russian spy stuff. Yeah. Um, so they, they get to Cuba, which is where... Um, Drakov. Drakov is. And... They, Otherwise known as Ray Winstone. We all know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they rip the family apart, essentially. Yeah. So the girls are like put into a cargo ship with a bunch of other girls. And then the, I, I like how this is becoming a thing in movies where the title credits are also telling the story. Yeah, I love instead that. Instead of like taking three minutes of us just looking at names and not that I, you and I look at the names. We're like interested in who's yeah. involved in the movie. What was but, nuts? No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But it's just that they continued to tell the story because it was kind of a long title. Yeah. Credit. Yeah. Um, I thought it was nuts that it said Scarlett Johansson. Then it said the title of the movie. Well, if you're an executive producer, you get to do that, man. I say more power to her and I'm happy, but I, I'm not sure if that's happened in a Marvel. Is that even allowed? Mike, I also learned some that? new things about this Nirvana cover slash this Nirvana <laughs> song that he had never knew, known before. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I feel like I am just like really overloading, but I'm uh, sorry. So cut me off when you need to. But this, so there's a cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit and it's slow and it's this girl, it's breathy. And usually I am not, a fan of this style of cover. I was all about it for this movie. What did you think? Um, it was fine. I thought it was cool. I thought coupled with the images we're seeing, which yeah. are a lot of like, you know, CIA Intel, like satellite footage and stuff. Yeah. And this right here also felt like this is really weird for a Marvel movie. Like it, it does, did. It felt so different. Does not feel like I'm watching. Marvel. It felt right like now. a, the genre that they're going for spy yeah. thriller. Absolutely. So I was like, this is really cool. And then I learned, I always thought that the song was, here we are now, entertainers. Like, hey, we're the band Nirvana and we're entertainers. <laughs> but it's, here we are now, entertain us. So, so Micah not only got to see a Marvel movie yesterday, <laughs> but he got to learn something. I, I got to learn a little bit more about rock history. Good for him. <laughs> so in this title sequence, you see the um, Yelena and Natasha um, with all these other girls and like a cargo ship and they're being pulled out of them and th they're being separated. Everyone's being separated from each other. And we know, be we know this much that she, that Natasha was trained to be an assassin from childhood. Yeah. We've even heard of the red room, I think before. Yeah, I, because, I feel like we have, right? Yes. Because I think in age of Ultron, we get a flashback that has yes. Julie Delpy in it. Yes. Who's like the the person that's walking around the red room and like helping her train? And I was kind of hoping Julie Delpy was in this movie. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. But it makes sense that she wasn't. Yeah, that's just not what the movie was about. Yeah. Um. So what happens after the, <laughs> this part? <laughs> so now what we have is it's 2016, and Natasha's on the run. So this is like right after the airport fight. Yeah, so Civil War, for people who don't remember, um, the Sokovia Accords came out. Well, after Age of Ultron, the Sokovia Accords came out, and they were like, you have to declare yourself, right, as a superhero. Yeah. Like, like you have to be on record. 
and we have to know everything about you because you're too dangerous for us not to know everything about you. You have to be part of the system. Of course, if you've seen Civil War, not everyone's okay with that because it is like a violation of privacy. Yeah. Because the people, the superheroes are still people. Yeah. So Civil War happens. People choose sides. Natasha goes with Captain America. Yeah, of course. Of course. So she is now a fugitive because she is against this new international law. So she's she's unwilling to like register herself. Yeah. So she's in Norway. Yeah. Living in or or she she has this friend who is I forget his name in the movie. I forgot his name too. It's like it starts with an M. Matthew. I think it's Matthew. Right? Mason. So I was close. So this this guy who pops up kind of throughout the movies, he's kind of the guy where she's like, I need this, and he get he gets it for her. Yeah. So he gets her this like RV in the middle of nowhere in Norway. Yeah. Where she is just gonna hide out in until everything blows over. Mm-hmm. Now uh, an- another thing is we do get we do get a cameo from uh, Thunderbolt Ross played by William Hurt, who tries to capture Black oh, Widow. Yeah, that's before this, and they yeah. like attack a train. But she's not on the train, which I always love that, that in spy movies. They go to a train station and they're like, we got you. And then they go in yeah. and she's on a ferry somewhere like Going thousands of miles away. And I'm always a fan of that yeah. in, in spy yeah. movies. It's always fun. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm i trying to remember. It's been a while, but I, my dad is currently watching all the Marvel movies and listening through our episodes. And he's still in phase one. But after he finished Incredible Hulk, he said, I really liked that movie. But he goes, man, William Hurt, just sometimes he is not good. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I remember liking him throughout this series. Well, to me, William Hurt is William Hurt. He's never <laughs> anything yeah. but William Hurt in a movie. But now I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking about this movie, and I'm like, maybe he's just not a good Thunderbolt Ross. I don't know. Who Who is Thunderbolt Ross? Thunderbolt Ross, of course. What is a bad name. Is, oh, come on. That's a fun comic book name. But he's like a he's like the J. Jonah Jameson to the Hulk. That J- oh, really? Is he supposed to be zany? Not really zany, but he's like always mad. Okay. And and w- especially when you're reading like old comic books, it's just such a funny like, oh yeah, this is like a Stanley. I character. just feel like William Hurt missed out on a wonderful career being an English teacher or something. Like he just <laughs> is really good at explaining things. That's what he he always is there for exposition. And AI, that's what he's doing. He's just explaining yeah. things. Oh, AI is so Good. So he's neither good nor bad for me. In in this series? In anything in his life. Oh, I think he's really good in uh uh AI and and the village. He's so good in the village. Okay. You're Jordan, admit it. I forgot he was in the village. Yeah. Um no, I, I like William Hurt, but I, I there might be something I'd be curious what our audience thinks, because I haven't seen Incredible Hulk in so long, and I don't plan to ever watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> you're like let's keep going okay so um so she runs her generator runs out of gas she has to go back into town to refuel but yeah. she is thwarted by some person the taskmaster the taskmaster but unbeknownst to us it's just this person with a cool school mask thing yeah i like the design i thought it was cool design is cool and i like that they keep made it ambiguous on um if it was a guy or not a guy or a girl yeah. You know, like, because this, like, in this movie, I think that matters. Yeah. So we don't oh, know. Oh, totally. Totally. I mean, oh, that weird. is like you, the that theme. That sounded weird. Totally. So uh, they did a good job with that because at first I was like, is this David Harbour maybe? And then I look at the person and I'm like, though, that he is way bigger than this person. Yeah. But the, the person is like very bulky. You know, it's like, oh, they would put a guy in that costume. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a nice reversal because the whole movie, I, frankly, I just assumed it was some guy. I didn't even really expect them to demask the person and Same. it to be anyone Same. of influence. When they were going to demask the person, though, whether or not we, the person is significant, but whether or not the person would have been, immediately yeah. as we were doing, I'm like, it has to be a girl. Oh, really? For, for nice. a movie like this, like, it has to be a Black Widow. Yeah. Of some kind. Like, like a new generation of it, you know? Oh, yeah. How come I didn't even think of that? Um, what do you... I'm just looking at the girl because I recognized her, but I don't remember what she's in. Oh, okay. But um, they fight pretty brutal. Nice fighting. nice little action scene on the uh, on a bridge. Yeah, she's got an, a Captain America shield, <laughs> pretty yeah. much. Taskmaster, is, you mean? Yeah, and is using it as such. Yeah. Um, but she... Oh, we're, we're skipping the Florence Pugh scene, too. I was going to bring us back. So let's Jeez. finish this scene. So the taskmaster is not after Natasha. It's after what Natasha has, but she doesn't know what it is. Yeah. And she does not get away with it. Natasha keeps it and is like, okay, now some of this stuff must be important. Now, this is another spy trope that I'm always a fan of as well. Where like, there's a, you know, there's the MacGuffin, the black box yeah. in, in this movie. It's the antidote to the black widow. Yeah. And tax taskmaster's trying to get it. And eventually, Taskmaster throws Black Widow off of the bridge and opens up the briefcase. Oh, and, and it's all gone. the vials are gone, and Black Widow has them all. And I'm always like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> you got away with them. But uh, in the previous scene, Florence Pugh is, you know, she's trying to kill somebody. And mm -hmm. then she eventually, like, gets the person down, some nice hand to hand combat. <laughs> combat. She stabs the, this lady. <laughs> And then the lady presses this vial, and this red uh, smoke comes out. I like to call it a smoke, not a cloud. Um, <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, I got to be... It deprograms Florence Pugh. It, yes, or it Yelena. deprograms her. So she immediately realizes, uh, holy crap, what am I doing to you? And well, that girl dies. And then Yelena cuts out a tracker from her. Like, yeah. And I thought, I thought the story was going to go a certain way at this point. And I'm glad it didn't because I would have thought this was a little lame because what? I thought a lot of the movie was going to be Florence Pugh learning how to be a good person. Like not wanting not, to fight, not wanting to fight and stuff. And so when it's like the first scene she's introduced, we haven't really seen her do anything bad. She's immediately deprogrammed. I was like, what? Like her, that's her character arc is what I thought. Got it. And then when they didn't do that, I thought, okay, now it makes sense why they took care of that so quickly. Yes, it does. So, so she's the one who sends the vials to Natasha because she get, also sends her this picture of them as children. Yes. So Natasha goes to Budapest or Budapest. Um, yeah. But she knows is where Yelena lives, and they there's a fight scene between them uh, in her apartment, and they they mess it up. And why are they fighting? Are you See, so? Yeah, I mean, like, so she, her sister sends her this stuff, and she's just like, I need to figure out why. And then they're immediately fighting each other. What? Why are you uh, looking at me like no, that? No, no, I'm, 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 oh, keep talking. Well, I, I think it's because, so Natasha's, like, deprogrammed herself out of, out of being a Black Widow. Yeah. Because throughout her life, she, she's done really bad things. No longer, you, you gotta watch the whole Marvel Universe to even get to that point with her but she knows that she she now wants to use her gift for good 
Absolutely. And Shield made her like like basically like if you are going to do that, you have to prove to us by doing all these things for us. Yeah. Part of that was trying to take down the Red Room. Yeah. So, which she thought she did. And and kill Drakoff and kill his daughter so that there are no loose ends. Oh, I didn't think that that was a specific order. That was just like her discretion. Oh, was it? That's her... how I took it. Okay. Because they kind of talk about it. But either way, she attempts to kill Drakeoff's daughter, which of course is going to be very he kills important. Drakeoff. She says it was collateral damage because she needed, she knew that the daughter would lead her to him. And that's right. She... And it's an explosion. So yes. it's like, yes. So it's just, she is means to an end. Yeah. So her and Yelena are fighting, and I think it is because so Natasha is no longer a Black Widow in that organization, is what I mean when I say that. Yeah. But she knows that her sister still is, or at least assumes so. I'm a, I'm thinking. Yes. She I don't think to, they explained that really. But well, now, then now why would they? Meant- but I just think it's like this is gonna. I'm gonna have to like take her down so that we can then we can finally talk. You know what I mean? Yeah. The. But it is kind of like, why did you send this to me? But why are you it's, fighting it's, me right yeah. away? But I think it's also... Motive-wise, it's a little Batman v. Superman where you're like, just talk for two seconds. Yeah, it's a little confusing because even Yelena knows that she's an Avenger. So she yeah. knows that she's like technically a good guy. And she sent it to her, so she's like counting on her. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think the whole thing was she said, I didn't want you to come here. She was like, I wanted you to use your Avengers stuff to 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 make more or to like get it out more publicly to take this all down. She I bet, I bet we're just her, missing like a sentence well, or something. She didn't want her coming to her because she would bring all the trouble with her. Like she knows that. Yeah. I think. I don't know why let's, you'd fight for that. Let's accept that one. Let's yeah, accept yeah, that okay. explanation. So I thought this fight was pretty good. Yeah. The the one thing though, like geographically, there's like a scene where they, 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 uh, they get tangled up in the shower curtains and when they flip over, it was the other person that I thought was wrapped up in it. Oh. And I was like, wait, huh? Yeah. So, like, there's a little bit of that in the action where every yeah. once in a while you're like, I'm not entirely certain what's happening. And here's a question. So they talk a little bit about what we kind of try to figure out what they talked about. <laughs> they <laughs> they need to work together, essentially. Yeah. yeah. But so then they get bombarded by Black Widows. And they need to get out. So they go into her shower and she turns a dial. And does it just make things explode, like, to distract? I think that was like a gas she 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 opened like a gas valve. That that's what I thought oh, it was. But they were in the shower. Oh, I don't remember seeing a shower. Huh. Folks, give us a little credit because we, we went inside in theater notes. and we couldn't take notes. Because we don't use our phones while we're watching movies in theaters because we're not that person. And if you are a member of the Macaw Podcast Universe fans, and you're checking your phone during a theater experience, shame on you. Shame on you. Yeah. Any everything can unless wait. it's an emergency situation. Yeah, but you know what I think about is like. Yeah, there were emergencies in the 80s and people still went to the movies without phones. Just turn your phone off. Yeah, I mean, I do. Yeah, I mean, I do. Oh, we're so cute. So so now they're on the run. They're on the run. And... There's some witty banter. There's some witty banter. This was funny. And this is like... So, so there's this fight with one of the widows and Natasha falls a la John Wick chapter three, like off of a building and is like clunk, 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 gets up fine. That was one of the first things where I was like, hmm. Yeah. He didn't even break a leg with that one or a rib. And and she's not super. No. And it's and that's just, it's just. And John Wick famously like that. is. Right, at this point. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but um, it's just funny when movies like go out of their way to show you like how, 
how much someone would die from something when it's like you could have just had her fall from a not as far of a distance and I it would my suspension of disbelief would still be there. Yeah. But to have her like bang, 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 fall from like seven stories up is like, oh, she's dead, period. Or at least broken a wrist. Yeah. I don't know. And then the other yes, hilarious we know we're being thing. Nitpicky. And we know it's a Marvel movie. <laughs> um, the other hilarious thing that and and I was I I heard Trevin turn to Alicia and and say this and I was thinking the same thing is they're in this like little gas station and they're buying like bandages and stuff and Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh are just talking about how like Black Widow you're in the Avengers like what's your deal oh I was you know doing this thing and I want to go to the Red Room and kill Vla uh uh. Drakov. Drakov. Vladimir and- Putin is what you were going to say. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. Um, and, you know, they're th- so they're talking about their plans so loud, and it's a small room. The guy 100% hears it, well, and th- we have I two think, fugitives I on the loose. I think what we're supposed to accept is they're speaking English in a non-English speaking city, country. I didn't even consider that possibility. Because they're not, in a, they're not, in a, they're still in Budapest. But it's like he probably. I agree speaks with English. you. Let's be clear about that. Yeah. it is wild because because you have established so firmly how expert of spies these people are. <laughs> yeah, expert level where she flew, she fell from three, like ten stories, and she's still alive. So she figured out how not to break anything, and now they're just openly talking about secrets. Yeah, that the government's not even telling people probably. And and what what I just find funny about it is. It's just like why? Why do filmmakers feel the need to like set that conversation with another person? Why have another person around for that conversation? Well, I, I think that they don't even think that far. Not that far. They just don't even think about that because they think, well, they, we need this exposition dump, but they need to be doing something because yeah. it's also a survival movie. So there, we also, and it's fine. We didn't really talk about this car chase scene, which injured um, Yelena, and she had a really bad cut in her arm, so they needed to fix it. So Some while, cool action in that scene. Yes, cool action. But while they were fixing that, that's when they did all their talking. Yeah. That's when you do it. It's just funny. In front of another person, not a great idea. But whatever, I guess. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so they, she is, Yelena is definitely throughout the years has looked at Natasha as abandoning her. But not yeah. only that, like, you're apparently a good guy now. Like, what good are you actually doing? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Um, and Natasha's, of course, it just feels like younger sister, older sister relationship. Yeah. And they're not sisters, technically. Yeah. They make that clear at the beginning. The whole family was a sham. I actually, I, I was very confused about the family stuff till like the end of the movie. But and they talk about like, their moms like right away. They do. They do. But I, I just got confused. Oh, I think it's a, it was a me thing where I was like, wait, huh? I, but I mean, it basically is their family though. Because that's the only family yeah. they've ever had. Yeah. But, um, so then they further talk more about all the stuff that they need to do. And that's when they talk about like, who, like, do you, who do you think you would have been? Or like, do you know anything about your mom? Asking each other these questions. Yeah. And you can definitely tell that Yelena has like dreamt about having a normal life to mm-hmm. the point where she's even made up a normal life for her sister. Yeah. Natasha. Um, so that's sweet. But what do they talk about in terms of what they need? So they they determine that they need to basically they need to find Drakov. They need to find the red room. Natasha finds out that Drakov did not die because Yelena tells her. Yeah. So they in order to get help, they need Alexi because yeah. he worked really close. He was like uh, Drakov's like best friend. Yeah. 
So they have to break him out. Every time I say Draco, prison. I think of Draco. From Harry Potter. Yes. Malfoy. Yeah. Um, so one thing I do want to comment on, um, David Harbour, you know, he's goofy in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Florence Pugh is very witty in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I do think, like, if we're talking perfect version of the movie, I think there's like, I think they dial the humor back about 20%. But it's a Marvel movie. I know. I know. But it's like the first hour of this movie didn't really have any of that. No. So when it started happening, it felt a little weird. Mm-hmm. It, I agree. It, yeah. it felt a little, and I actually laughed quite a bit in this movie, but it did kind of feel like like they said, like someone looked over the script and they were like, well, you have to put Marvel jokes in this. Yeah. And it's like, just trust us. We can We can make it through a movie with only like five one-liners instead of 20. The funniest joke was the pose joke to me. That was funny. Yeah. But it, it was also if like... you've seen it, you know. Like, you know, I could have done without that. Oh, yeah. Um, I did l- really love all the David Harbour stuff. But again, I think if like 20% of his jokes were taken out, I, I think the movie would just... The, the tone would feel more uh, uh, like beginning, middle, end. Okay. Yeah. That would be like one of my little fixes on the movie. Yeah. But on the whole, I don't I don't think this movie really needs fixing. Right. And I, I do also kind of like that, especially as you're listening, listener, you know we're in the middle of, of uh, DC, and I, I do like that even though this is a serious movie, it's, it's not taking itself seriously. Mm-hmm. And that's what Marvel really is good at. Yeah. They know that it's fun at the end of the day, and they want to make it fun. So at the end of the day, more kids are going to see this than adults, maybe. Yeah, maybe you know it's it's this generation Star Wars. So you know, um, so they break Alexi out of prison. Yeah, I I did like the the reintroduction of his character after we just talk about how how funny the movie shouldn't have been. But um, and I'm just saying twenty percent. Oh, I know. You know, like this scene. Keep it. You don't need to talk to me about it anymore. (laughs) But they reintroduce. I'm in trouble. David Harbour, and you do see like at the beginning of the movie, he has superpowers. He's super strong. Yeah. Um, so he's in prison, wasting away for the rest of his life, covered in tattoos and arm wrestling dudes one after the other. And he always wins. Breaks, that guy's, breaks that guy's wrist. And that, that was, was crazy. That was pretty nuts. That was. And he's telling the story about how he faced off with Captain America. Yeah, and so someone's you, like, what year was this? And he goes, 1983 maybe. And he goes, he was in the ice in 83. Yeah. Like, oh, he's just lying. You know, he's reliving the I glory days. I couldn't quite like, get that. So, because did he ever fight Captain America? Because later on, he talks about him too. But I think he try he like equates himself to the to Russia's Captain America. Yeah, because he's Russia's only super soldier. Yeah, he's the Red Red Guardian. Guardian, Yeah, you know. Um, someone calls him another name. His wife does. Um, I can't remember what it was, but I was like, oh, this must be at some point in comics. Like this character was called that other name, and it was sort of like a goofy sounding name. Yeah, I don't remember what it was though. Um. So they do a, um, he, he gets some mail. Someone sends him the Red Guardian action figure that has an earpiece in it. And it's Natasha and Yelena. Yeah. You're in a helicopter. What's the difference between a helicopter and a helicarrier? Um, pass. Okay. So they're in a helicopter for this, for this conversation. Um, they bust him out. They bust him out. There's Yo. like a. There, there's a uh, an avalanche that happens, which I thought this scene was very okay. 
Yeah, I, I kind it of just didn't make sense physically. Yes. And and I it begs the question of like if all those prisoners died because of the avalanche, which is like sad if that happened. Yeah. Um but I I I this this scene was kind of like the movie had stayed somewhat like grounded in like kind of its own thing, and then this is like Oh, this is like a Marvel. Like they they need to make it big. like big. Yeah. Whereas I, I couldn't I couldn't imagine. I know he's strong, but like when she when Natasha comes back swinging on the rope to like get him. Yeah. She's not doing anything. All he needs to do is grab. Yeah. Like how was she still able to grab onto the rope with him? Yeah. I, he's it, huge. He's, he's huge. huge. Yeah. That so, was just kind of funny to me. It's like, yeah, there's no way she's picking him up. Th- this was more like, oh, this is in the wrong Marvel movie. It's how this scene felt. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it, it could have been a better scene if it was like um, a little bit more grounded. Yeah, and it just, it just was like too long because I know they were trying to create um, suspense because pretty, pretty quickly into the scene, it is like, how are they going to do this? And then they yeah. try to do something and it's like, oh, they just can't do it? Okay. And then she comes swinging on the rope, and it's like, oh, okay. Well, and, and the avalanche felt like, and, and and this can work in other movies, but uh, the avalanche did kind of feel like whenever you're watching any adventure movie and they're on a river, and then they're like, do you hear that sound? Yeah. And then they're like, a waterfall! And it's you're like, yeah, I know. I'm watching an adventure movie. There has to be a waterfall. Yeah. Um, that it's is surrounded like, by mountains. So there has to be an avalanche. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, having said that, it, it wasn't like unwatchable or anything. No, I, I, I just do think, was ready for it to be over. Yeah, I think I think this is where like I dipped out the most same, as far as where I was like, oh man, I, I like, you know, um, it's becoming just okay. So he gets into the helicopter, and he thinks like, oh my gosh, my daughters came back to save me. This is so beautiful. They don't care. They just I like all one this thing from stuff. Him. Yeah, yeah, especially because it is like we were a family, but we were all, but we weren't really a family. We're so yeah. not going to pretend like we're a family. Um. And the I thought it was crazy when he was like, oh, you must be on your period. And she's like, no, I don't have a uterus. They ripped everything out of me. I can't yeah. have babies. And it was like, geez, that's I was kind of surprised crazy. that they put that in this movie. I, I'm not. I, I think it's I'm important, and I'm glad they did, because yeah. it says a lot about, like, um, the, like the organization the and the control yeah. of, like, like uh, you're a robot but uh, i i was i'm just i don't think it was bad i just was kind of surprised it was in a disney movie that's sure. what i'm trying to okay. say but uh they are fighting uh verbally fighting and then natasha is trying like is i don't even know what words i'm saying anymore essentially what he says is oh we have to go to molina i don't know anything about Dr- drekov yeah drekov um Dr- drekov Oh no! It's like, it's like one of those words we've said so many times that <laughs> well, now I said I, the Draco thing, and I shouldn't have Dracoff, said Draco. 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 Okay, but um, Ray Winstone. <laughs> <laughs> so they, he basically Draco put him in the prison. So like he doesn't know anything. Yeah. So they need to go to Melina because she is still working very closely with him. Yep. So it's like, oh, duh! Of course, family's back together. And Melina's very into pigs. Very into pigs. So she's a scientist, and she is studying pig behavior. Yeah. Rachel Wise, fine. I guess. I liked her. I liked her. I thought she was okay. I thought she was fun, but I yeah. that's okay. I can take that. Um and then and then there's like some heart to heart stuff. They try to like, you know, have have a dinner together as a family and Florence Pugh gets really mad. Mm-hmm. Um rightfully so. Yeah. And so does Natasha. 
And yeah, everyone's like, just tell us where the Red Room is. We want to take care of this mission. And then I, I like that David Harbour, the whole movie's like, but I do kind of love you guys, you know? Yeah. But, well, that, that's the that's the sequence of the movie, too, where he's trying to talk to Florence. She doesn't want anything with to do with him. And he has just kept talk, kept saying, like, how boring those three years were, were for him. Yeah. Like, he was doing important work, sure, but it was so boring, blah, blah, blah. And she is offended by that because, it's basically, you were raising me. You were being a father. Yeah. And that's boring to you. It's always about what like it's always about you like what are yeah. you doing yeah um and he didn't think about how anything you did affected us because we were a family yeah so um that was sweet because they resolved that um and then you find out natasha finds out that her she was taken as a child as a baby yeah immediately when she was born her family sold her into this but her mother always was trying to find her mm-hmm. um and rachel weiss or melina was telling her that her mom was relentless to the point where they had to kill her because she was too relentless in trying to find her. And that was a really good moment. Yeah. For Natasha. Mm -hmm. Great character development. And then I, I actually was fooled by the double crossing in this movie. Were you? Yeah, me too. I was. I, and I think in another movie. So what I'm talking about, I'm assuming you've seen it. Listener is the mask switch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because that technology has never been shown in any other movie, it, I d- never would have expected it. Mm-hmm. And in any other movie, that would be like, you can't just, you know, you need a gun in the closet. Like, I need to see that there is this technology before you use it. But since it's the Marvel Universe, when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, cool, I buy it. That's great. This is a spy movie. This happens yeah. all the time. Yeah, so I, I don't think they needed I think it actually would have been not good if they put a the it would gun have been just drawer. like beating us over the head with it but basically we see what we perceive as rachel weiss take out florence Pugh, and everyone's and arrested natasha. and natasha and everyone's like arrested they're taken to the red room which is up in the air which was a little ridiculous but oh, it's up in the air i like air i like air because it's marvel it's great and it works it's comic book and i when i saw it i was like this seems like such a comic book thing if yeah. this was not a comic book thing I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yes, I, I agree with that. But, but because it's a comic book thing, pretty dang cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So, they they're, they get up there, and once you know that Rachel Weiss is really uh, Natasha with a mask on her face, it's, it's interesting to think about that scene where she stops, and she looks at all those girls who are in the red room, like, oh, training. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Because before, I was like oh, she must have trained them at one point. But yeah. then when I thought back to it, I'm like, oh, she's looking at that and she's having all of her memories flood yeah. her and she's probably horrified. Right. Um, so, th- oh, Tad just said hello, our cat. And uh, so then we we follow Rachel Weiss into the room with Way- Ray Winstone. And Drakov. Drakov. And they have Drakov. this discussion and... During this discussion, we find out that he has, you know, like a ton of these black widows everywhere. And to him, he is recycling the trash, the most, uh, the the thing that we have too much of in this world, which is women. And this is where those themes that Scarlett Johansson wanted this movie to be about really shine through. Yeah. And I am... I am like a sucker for this uh, uh, theme in a movie where it's like women controlled by man, women take back the power. Yeah. 
I love that. Yeah. Um, and so there's there's this great sequence where you know she tries to kill him, but his pheromones will not allow her to hurt him. She has like this chip in her brain still. Yeah. And and the thing to, to to we didn't even talk about because it, it did take me a minute or two to be like so how come Natasha's not affected by this but the whole like um, antidote yeah it's for there's specifically there's like a generation of Black Widows who are chemically um, brainwashed which is not, kind of shown just, with the pig yeah in the previous you're scene. right you're right but not not just how they were raised brainwashed but chemically and they couldn't oh, snap yeah. out of it. Until of an an instead of an antidote, and Natasha never got that. That's why, because because okay. at one point I was like, shouldn't she get the antidote right now? I just didn't even something? really think about it, but yeah, so, yeah, that is important to know. I think. Yeah, so they have this great conversation, and like the other Black Widows that are in the Red Room are coming, and and Scarlet like can't kill him, and then it cuts back to a scene where Rachel Weiss says, "Hey." You have to sever the nerve and then basically break your nose. Black Widow says, you know, I, 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 I'm forgetting, but Black Widow's like, you know, you have all this power and stuff. You control me, but I'm going to take it back and I'm going to have to do it the hard way and smashes her head on the table. What was crazy is he hit her several times and she said, you didn't quite do it enough. So she face oh, plans. She was trying to get him to, to smash her, it to break her nose, yeah, or to yeah sever the nerve. And then she says, "You you were too weak. I'll have to do it myself." Yep. So she smashes her face. So that's really even, brutal. That's even more about the yeah. metaphor where it's like it's like the the man controlling can't even like break the link when she tries to trick him. She still has to do it. It's all on her own volition yeah. and for the women to help her do it and stuff yeah so that's she cool successfully does that but of course because there's a movie she doesn't kill him right away like something thwarts her do you know yeah, what the, I mean? the other black widows yeah, yeah so the he calls all the black widows to come and they she starts fighting against all of them and i appreciate this when she is getting ready to kill him the, it's only like a couple seconds before the Black Widows get in there because sometimes you're watching a movie and you're like, just pull the trigger. Just You've been talking to this guy for yeah. two minutes. Just yeah. kill him. Um, and she's like, okay, here we go. Like, I'm going to kill you. And then they break in. It, yeah. So that was yeah, nice. That's a movie thing. Then they have a nice fight with like all the Black Widows. It's cool. It is funny though after, you know, we've talked with Ilram Choi and Amy Johnston, stunt people in Hollywood. Uh they, you know, we, we've talked a lot in the Ip Man series about like group fights mm -hmm. and how when you watch them, they can look bad sometimes mm -hmm. if you pay close attention. And it was funny because I was looking at the background mm -hmm. Black Widows and they're just, they're literally just standing there watching the fight, walking around. It, yeah. <laughs> but it kind of makes sense, I think, in this situation. Yeah. Like just because, you know, he says, kill her, but make her suffer. So it was like each one had their own chance to like really get their licks in. So it was almost like everyone yeah. was hanging. I know I'm making yeah, excuses. Yeah, no, that's actually good. I like that. I like that. I have to kind of make things up like that in my head sometimes so that I, it doesn't break me out of the moment or something. Yeah. But um, that's while that's going on, uh, Melina, Alexi, and Yelena. I think of Alfred Melina every time you say Melina. Yeah. Um, they're breaking out or, you know, they're doing what they need to do for the mission. So, um, Yelena was about to get her uh, her brain dissected, basically. But yeah. she gets out and she finds the antidote. Meanwhile, Melina is trying to do something on a computer. 
God, I don't remember. And then I think she's deactivating the Black Widows, but she's unsuccessful. How could she deactivate? Or them she's on a no, no. She's trying to open the door so Florence Pugh can get Got the uh, antidote. Okay, so antidote. Uh, antidote. Is, <laughs> so, and then Alexi is fighting the Taskmaster, and we do. It is revealed that the Taskmaster is Drakov's daughter. Yep. Um. So that's all going on. Good so, reveal. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Story wise, that really works. So Natasha is getting the poop beat out of her. And just in the nick of time, Yelena shows up with the antidote with a bomb strapped around it, and it explodes, releasing it all all over the Black Widows. Yep. And they're, like, snapped out of this delirium. And they say, what do we do now? So that happens. Drakov is fleeing the ship. Uh, Melina... Dan- uh, destroys one of the engines, so the whole thing's crumbling down. This thing that's in the sky. Yeah. Um. So everyone needs to evacuate. Yeah. Um. Alexi. So I don't know. How do we even say this? So let's. Oh well. Let me get to this part. Essentially, Drakov gets on a plane. Yeah. Uh, with all of his henchmen, and um, Yelena is going to destroy one of the engines on that plane. That's gonna kill them all. This looked like a really bad reshoot. Also, this just it was just weird. So she's about to do that, and then it cuts to, to Natasha and is like, Yelena, no! Oh. And Yelena's like, this is how I die, or something like that. I don't remember exactly like, what she this says. This is a cool way to die, or something like that. And then it cuts back to Natasha. No, don't do it! Yeah, it that was, was a so weird. bad, that especially a- because <laughs> she saves her. Yeah. Like, it... it, it, it it was so weird that I'm like, okay, so Yelena's just surely dying. And then she doesn't. And yeah. it's like, I don't know if you would have stopped and screamed. Maybe you would have, but even still, it just felt off. It felt so off and it didn't look good. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And then it explodes and she falls off and Black Widow grabs a this whole parachute. Part, this whole part's cool. I think the money shot of the movie is when, you know, she saves uh, Yelena and then and then she sees Taskmaster coming down to fight her, and she, like, jumps onto some glass, and it's, like, shattering at her feet, and yeah. they kind of, like, trade a couple of blows, and they're bouncing throughout the the rubble that's floating in the sky, and I was like, comic book, baby. Yeah, that's, that's cool. That looked great. So, Yelena successfully gets down with a parachute. Yep. Um, Natasha gets down with the Taskmaster Taskmaster on a parachute, um, and Natasha figures out a way to give that give her the antidote yep um and then and then she you know natasha's able to apologize to the taskmaster mm-hmm. and she's basically able to like the taskmaster says it. is he gone yeah and he is yeah and they even he didn't just fall out they they made sure and showed him explode exploding and getting in catching on fire so it's like he's not coming back he's no, done he is done and the red room is gone yeah. um so pew or yelena well, okay, so there were a couple vials of the antidote left. Natasha gives it to Yelena. No, no, no. No. I think Natasha ends up with them because she's going to use them. She's going to take them to someone, right? Like No, like she gives a, them to Yelena. She does? And then Yelena and the other Black Widows, their mission now is to free the other Black Widows. Okay, that's right. That's right. Um, 
And then, and then uh, Shield shows up to take Natasha. And I do like this. Like, I mean, it all just makes sense logically, but it yeah. is like, well, she finally did it. She destroyed the Red Room. She did what she needed to do for them. So yeah. she's probably fine in terms of the Sokovia Accords. <laughs> you know? What do you mean? Because she, because she was a fugitive because she was running away. Yeah. But she just took down this really terrible thing. Uh-huh. So I'm sure Shield is like, we can work some things out for you. Oh, you're okay. not going to go to prison. I actually... I th- I thought the in uh, what I got from the ending, and I think it's because she is on the run. In the ne- in the next time we see her, is that like she's not on the run though? She is in the run in Avengers: Infinity War. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you meant at the end of this movie. Uh, but uh, th- the impression I got was not that they let her go, but that she's she's like, okay, the hunt's back on. I've taken care of the Red Room thing. Now I'm gonna go. And you actually, don't you that's, think Shield picks her up? Actually, that's true because the the next scene. She's off the grid, and she true. gets That's she gets true. Marcos to give her, or Marcos okay, but to I get did, her. I still did still like it because I feel like it is like cool. Like she was supposed to destroy the Red Room years ago, and oh, she, for Shield, even Shield I see thought what that you're she saying, did it. Like on a, and now she actually did it. I so, like, see what you're trying to say. Yes, completed in her story too. I didn't pick up on that. So, but you are right. She is still on the run at the end. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's. We were very succinct, I think, on this plot. Um, for how I mean, I thought it would be harder to explain, but I think we did it. Yeah. Um, and then we talked about the post-credit scene. It is nice, um, because I, I was reminded by this when I was doing research that you know Black Widow didn't have a funeral in Endgame. No. And in this movie, she she gets that she gets her private funeral, which is kind of like more true to. Her th- like her true family, yeah, knows where she's buried. Yeah, you know, and um, I yeah, I th- I thought the funeral thing. It's like when Florence like hugs the tombstone. I'm like, am I gonna cry right now? <laughs> I know, because she's that good of an actress. Yeah, and then we see Julia Louise Dreyfus, and then the rest is history. We go. What's funny is um, you know Uncle Phil from Tim Heidecker's podcast mm-hmm. Office Hours. Mm-hmm. I saw hit a tweet. Uh, before this movie, before we saw it, where he said, um, at the end of Black Widow, when they showed Hawkeye, I said in the theater, oh, great, a movie about the other boring Avenger? And he said, <laughs> and he said the theater busted up. <laughs> I love that. That's funny. <laughs> it was pretty funny. But um, yeah, I liked this movie. I'd, I'd put it in the like six or seven out of ten range, I think. Sure, that sounds good. Um, And... Yeah, I mean, it's like I'd watch this any day over Ant Man. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, I like it more than many of the Marvel movies. Yep. Um. So that's that, I guess. What do you have to say, Jordan? I concur. It's good, <laughs> not great. But uh. But it was fun to see a Marvel movie in theaters. Yeah. Return and to so, form. Yeah, we're this is the beginning of Phase Four. Yeah. And um. It's a nice little coda to kind of close things out. And then next movie that they're going to put out in September is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And I'm very excited about that one. That one looks really cool. Yep. I think that's another one where they're going to kind of at least push a little bit on the on the boundaries that they've given for themselves. crazy high fantasy. I like, know. it didn't even look like a Marvel movie. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm excited about that. And, yeah. you know, they hired a guy who is, like, a martial artist. Yeah. Like, he's, that's what he does. Um, and, I mean, he's an actor, too. But 
you know so that's I, what he does i i think it's gonna be like legit action in that movie yeah um so that's coming up in September. We'll it'll we'll have an episode out the week after. Um, one thing I want to mention is we have started a Facebook group um, for to discuss all things about the podcast or just movies in general. And so if you go to Facebook, it's the Macaw Podcast Universe discussion page. I'd love to call it something else. Did you have to um, say discussion page when you created it? No, that's just what I called it because um, it's a group, not a. Page. Not a page. I get it. I get it. Um, because I, yeah. I wanted it to be like I. I like. I'm a cu- part of a couple of different podcast groups, and I think they're more fun than a page. Uh-huh. So yeah, get on there. You know, maybe suggest what we should call it. Because I like blank check has blankies. Yeah, like that's the fans of the podcast. So what should we call fans of this podcast, and what can we change the title to? That would be cool. Yeah, figure out. But um, yeah, jump on that. Um, and let's let's grow that little community on. Patreon, it's it's uh it's Space Jam this month still. So go to patreon.com slash M I C A H M C C A W and sign up for as little as three dollars to get Space Jam. And then this weekend we're probably gonna be watching and recording Space Jam a new legacy for our August mm-hmm. uh Patreon. Um thanks for listening. We finally did a new release. Yep. Uh next week it is Aquaman. Ooh. Have fun, guys. That's a fun episode. That's a fun episode. Bye.